Live from the County Seat Sports Grill in downtown Lillington, this is Camel Call Live. I'm Chris Amar, and tonight we've got a great show for you. Campbell head football coach, former Nebraska Cornhusker Mike Mincher is here. Plus, Virgil Gibbons, he's our head track and field and cross-country coach. He's a former footballer as well, an NCANT running back. And at the table with us right now, former All-Big South offensive lineman, Jacob Cunnington, now our tight ends coach. Your Fighting Camels have won back-to-back -back games. They improved their record to 3-2 and two on the season after a 34-28 win over Charleston Southern to open Big South play. Coach Minner with me now. And, Coach, you were a little more emotional than usual after the win. Why did this one, this game, mean so much to you and the team? When you, when you look at it, Chris, it's, it's, it's really about the fact that we haven't beat these guys. So for four times, four years, um, they beat us. And um, I, I love get back, right? Like, I love to come back and, and, and win. Um, the last time we're going to play these guys in the Big South, um, I, 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 I didn't know if I was going to ever get another opportunity. And so that's why I was so emotional, man. It's, 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 a, it's a long time coming. And we we very satisfied with, with how we did it. We won from the opening. We led from the opening um, kick all the way to the end of the game. And that's a, a great feeling for our guys because I was excited because I know how much work they put in um, to beat this football team. And, and it was very, very, um, you know, satisfying. Coach, you did it too in front of a sellout homecoming crowd the place holds 5,500. You had over 5,600 in there. It was standing room only. What's special about the atmosphere at Barker Lane when it's packed like that? Well, what's special is the, the energy, the electricity that the fans bring. It's like no other place um, that can hold 5,500 people. And th that's what makes it special. Our guys love playing in front of the crowd because of the energy that they bring. And, um, you know, they, they love it, right? They, they pay attention. They know when to cheer. <laughs> they know when not to. Um, and, and I really believe that the way that we won the game uh, was a lot um, about them and, and their support. So we love it. I, I think everybody who, for the first time, because we had all the recruits there. Yep. And they was watching, and they were like, man, this is – I love this place, right? This is where I want to be, and it's because of the fans. And, and that, that's why we need them at the games, um, because they do so much for our football team. And, Coach, uh, the man right next to you is going to answer a little bit about this uh, next question as uh, Jacob Cunnington, the tight end coach, comes in, because the first drive of the game, you guys marching the ball down the field, and then quarterback Haj Malik Williams, who had another great game, he starts it off getting it to Julian Hill for 37 yards for the touchdown. Coach Cuttington, take me through that play. You know, uh, it was just a design play to Julian, and, you know, he's our, he's our big-time threat on offense. we got to get him the ball. We know we got to start fast early in the game, and we got to go through him. We talked about this a little earlier. He is a great pass-catching tight end. He has the build for it, but what is have him on a lot of NFL draft boards and what's going to put him in a camp is the fact that he blocks so well. Talk about his blocking and what he does to open up a run game that, again, was just one yard away from 200. 
Um, you know, he, he's like another lineman out there on the field, honestly. He uh, he does such a great job with his technique, and that's that's the biggest thing. With him being only 6'3", he doesn't have the long arms that, you know, a 6'5 or a 6'6 tight end has. But he knows his body, how to position himself and to make key blocks. Haj combined for three scores. That was one of them. He hit another one, a 51-yard bomb to Austin Height, because, of course, that's how you have it drawn up in it. Austin had to step in, Jalen Kelsey on the shelf. What a feel-good story he is. And, and tell me about his play of, of, of Campbell's wide receiver from nearby Goldsboro. Well, first of all, you got to understand the preparation that Austin puts in, into every week. He don't know how many balls he's going to get. He don't know if he's going to start that week, but he puts in the preparation. In the offseason, he does it every week um, to prepare for, um, prepare for the game. So this is just a, um, you know, really kind of a show of what he's already done. And, and man, just a great example. A walk-on coming from a D3 school, and uh, it might have been an NAI school, uh, and, and lived in his car all the first year he was living in his car and and he gave everything he had to to um come to campbell and and now he's on scholarship he's starting you know what five catches for 85 yards one touchdown yeah he, he was your leading receiver on uh, on saturday that's the american way right you 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 come from nothing you give everything you have and you work your butt off and you get rewarded. And that's what we talk about all the time in America, man. And so he's the American dream. And, and, and I, I really, really one day, hopefully, they do a story on this kid because it, it's just really a movie of, of how he did everything he did to get to this point and uh, produce the way that he did on the football field. Man, just a blessing. Well, what do you think about your quarterback's play Pretty darn good for the second straight game, huh? Oh, you know Hodge is getting better and better. He, he's missed Chris so many games, and now he's getting his, you know, feet up under him, understanding how to operate the offense um, that Coach Whedon has. Um, and he is being the point guard that we want him to be. I want to back up with Julian in his blocking because Coach Cuddy is being so modest. He, he – <laughs> I mean, you're talking about an all-conference offensive lineman that understands how to block, how to use your hands, how to use that technique. He, Julian didn't just fall out the sky and start learning how to block. Uh, this, this guy has taken his blocking to an elite level because that's how he did it. So you can just imagine the offensive lineman now being able to teach a tight end how to use his angles, um, use his hands, use his feet and use his mind to outthink everybody that he has to block. That's all Coach Cuddy uh, making that happen. Yeah, and that's pretty good from a, forder, a former quarterback as well as, as Julian, of course, from nearby Fayetteville. And, and we can go deeper into that because, you know, the NFL tight ends have turned into either someone that's, that's basically a wide receiver and can't block, someone that blocks all the time, the ones that, 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 that really – become all pros and become in the lineup every day are those guys that can do both and that's becoming few and far between because they're not asking them to do that in college he's a dinosaur right now and and that's what makes him so special that's what makes him a valuable asset to any nfl organization is the fact that he can do both 
and now he, he does not have to come off the field, which then the offensive coordinator loves because I get to make everything look the same. Sometimes I get to go tempo if I, if I want to um, because of the fact that this guy can be a matchup problem outside, in the slot, in the core, blocking. It's just, it's just really, really good, um, you know, to see him, you know, mature in that. And, and this young man just walked in, a Alex Santiago, okay? Cuddy has taken him, who was a linebacker, yep. two days ago, <laughs> <laughs> and has taken him and made him into what you would call a prototypical fullback. And he's an H-back for us. And this guy is changing the line of scrimmage now uh, with about four weeks of training with, with Coach Cuddy. And, and now everybody is talking about who is 45. <laughs> 45 now get an opportunity to make a way, Chris, to your point earlier. Some teams still use fullbacks, yep. but there's no fullbacks in the country. And um, he was a, a third-string linebacker and said, you know what, I want to get on the football field. Offense, I'll come over there. And guess what? Now he's catching the football. I said, man, you never caught the football when you was that linebacker. And now he's making plays. And I believe it's because of Coach Cuddy. And uh, first string on special teams, of course, because if there's something going on in special teams, Alex Santiago <laughs> is the guy that has something going on in special teams. <laughs> All the time. Unfortunately, though, Chris, <laughs> he had his name called on the wrong side, okay? We had a touchdown holding number 45, and I said, Cuddy, what are you doing? What is he doing? <laughs> We got to do better. <laughs> <laughs> Coach Cuddington, we'll bring you back in to talk a, a bit about that. You, as we talked about before this show, hey, you're an offensive lineman, and then you're a tight ends coach. Yeah. Tell me about the, about the learning curve and what you have gone through this year. So my first year as a GA, I actually worked with the tight ends. Um, so that, that kind of gave me a little bit better transition than I would have if I just went straight into it. But um, – you know, Coach Matt had faith in me that I, I could be able to study the game, um, learn the tight end position to the best of my ability, and really hone in on the passing game and lean on Coach Wheaton quite a bit to help teach me in that area. What has made Coach Wheaton in just his first year of being an offensive coordinator for, from your eyes, what has made him so effective on this offense now that it's nearly 1,500 total yards, you guys, uh, when you add everything up over the last three games of the offense. Just incredible. What, what, what has made him so effective? Uh, just his leadership. He, he demands perfection from the guys, knowing that we'll never reach that perfection, but we are going to achieve greatness. And he, he demands that from the guys every single day. Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. And then speaking of uh, doing something nobody was thinking about or nobody thought came, Ty Good, he makes his second carry of the year. And I say carry, it was on a jet sweep, the 12-yard run. He had a different number on. Nobody knew he was out there on the field, and he ended up into the end zone. An essential touchdown for you guys to take me through the thought and, and that play. Again, it's Coach Wheaton. Coach Wheaton um, want to use the speed of a tie good, and I got to get you on the field. So what better way to use him is in the red zone where we're struggling. Let's get some speed going to um, east and west, and, and great design um, on the play. And all week long we knew that we had it, and we, go, we was going to get the edge. And every time we ran it in practice, he ran in the end zone. So I tell my guys all the time, 
you must envision where you're going, and then you must live that every single day. And that's what he did, and, and you know everybody was excited. The smallest guy on the football field, <laughs> and, um, man, when he gets in the end zone, it really gives us a lot of energy um, on the sideline. Yeah, that's the thing. We talked about it last week. You had your stable of backs here, all, all six, seven of them here, and Ty Good, who would probably be the first or second option for anybody else in the Big South, He's really buried on the depth chart, but finding a way for him to get in, that says something um, about just how deep you are. It, it really does. And, and then the creativity to be able to create him at, run, um, at wide receiver, break him in motion, and then flip him the ball and let him go score. The creativity in that with Coach Brown and also with Coach Whedon and the offensive staff to be able to draw that up and, and have it ready to go. Man, just a beautiful job of execution. And like you said, when you have so many guys, you got to find ways to get them to football. And great job by them. Hey, Coach, the uh, defense was pretty darn good as well. Two interceptions. C.J. Tillman was a monster again. He had 12 tackles. Brevin Allen, you told us that he's getting more comfortable. He's not pressing. He let it come, and he has two and a half tackles for loss. Your defense was up to the challenge again. They really were, and they, and they had to be. Because Charleston Southern wasn't going anywhere. They, them guys were staying. They played tough. Um, Coach Denson has really done a great job of just keeping his guys motivated. And, and you 0-4 going into this game, 0-5 after this game. But them guys did not play like that. Um, they played like they was 5-0, and and they was getting ready for a championship. So the defense had to step up and make plays. Um, the, the two interceptions was, was great. Um, one by Maddox um, right there close to the red zone and and so we got some points um, out of that and then Dorian Jones had a great interception in the middle 10 and so when you look at those type things you start to see um, guys being able to separate because of the defense and and you know the defense had some problems with giving up the big play and that's what kept Charleston Southern in the game but when they had to come through the last three drives they did, and they, and they shut them down. And so um, kudos to, you know, Tillman, who was running around, hitting, um, you know, 12 tackles. That's not easy to do. Um, and, and, and guys was just really flying around making plays. And Brevin Allen, again, getting comfortable with being the man, getting comfortable with all the accolades that was coming his way. Now I'm just going to play and have fun and you're starting to see number nine come back to himself. And the Campbell Campbells win back-to-back -back games, three and two on the season. Okay, if you haven't gotten your raffle ticket, get it. We're going to draw for the four packs of tickets and parking for the Robert Morris game. That's uh, Campbell's second-to-last home game of the year, if you can believe it. It's coming up this Saturday, 1 p.m. at Barker Lane Stadium. We'll take a break, come back, draw, and talk some tight ends when we come back after this. You are listening to Camel Call Live from the County Seat Sports Grill in downtown Lillington. We're no etiquette experts, but biting into your McDonald's crispy chicken sandwich and ending up with a whole pickle slice dangling from your mouth isn't impolite. It's human. Ba -da -ba -ba -ba. 
Hi, Campbell fans. I'm Christy Yarbrough with Remax United. Thinking about buying or selling or know someone who is? Let me help you make the right moves. It's important to work with the right agent with local knowledge and cutting edge experience. I can help ease the pains of the buying or selling process by guiding you through the steps. Whether it's connecting you with the right lender, home inspector, handyman for those undone projects, staging and prepping your home for sale, or helping you find the ideal home that fits your family's needs. Visit my website for more information at christy.remaxagent.com. Go Camels! Step into a quality home you'll value for a lifetime. Perfect for your family at every stage. Mattamy Homes focuses on what you value most with different designs, styles, and finishes crafted to work within your budget. That's why we're ranked first in quality, value, and customer satisfaction. But we don't just build homes. We create communities with instant appeal and enduring value. See what we're building around Raleigh, places you'll be proud to call home. Visit mattamyhomes.com and see for yourself. Sure, McDonald's breakfast is good. But getting that McDonald's breakfast two minutes before it stops being served, that tastes even better. Step into a quality home you'll value for a lifetime. Perfect for your family at every stage. Mattamy Homes focuses on what you value most with different designs, styles, and finishes crafted to work within your budget. That's why we're ranked first in quality, value, and customer satisfaction. But we don't just build homes. We create communities with instant appeal and enduring value. See what we're building around Raleigh, places you'll be proud to call home. Visit mattamyhomes.com and see for yourself. Since 2019, the Fighting Camel Club has funded championship-level facility projects such as the Eeks Athletics Complex renovation for Camel Soccer and a new strength and conditioning space inside Gore Arena. This fall, your Fighting Camel Club donations will fund a new sports medicine facility, a new locker room for women's basketball, and a new digital media lab for athletes to work on their personal brands. Providing championship resources for Campbell student-athletes, that's the mission of the Fighting Camel Club. For more information, go to GoCamels.com and click on the Give button. Planning a tailgate? Then it's bow time. Bojangles has everything you need for the perfect tailgate, no matter how many fans you're trying to feed. There's the original tailgate, the super tailgate, and for a really big crowd, the jumbo tailgate special. And if you like your chicken off the bone, choose the Supreme's tailgate special that includes 12 perfectly seasoned tenderloin fillets. So grab the tickets, get that Bojangles tailgate special, and go. It's bow time. Welcome back to the county seat in downtown Lillington. The county seat is your place for great food, great drinks, and a great view of the game wherever you sit in here. Tonight, Monday Night Football, the hated Raiders take on America's team, the Kansas City Chiefs, coming up at 8.15. So if you're not here yet, come on down. If you are here, stay for Kansas City and the Las Vegas or wherever they are now, Raiders. Okay, now we will draw... And we have drawn for that four-pack of tickets. Campbell takes on Robert Morris coming up this Saturday at 1 o'clock. Robert Morris, a Big South conference team, so this is a conference game. Should be fun at 1 o'clock. Okay, here are the, here's the winning number, 
613-625-613. Do we have a winner? No, we're going to have to. Wait, we do have a winner, a winner of the four-pack of tickets. If you did not win, GoCamels.com or 1877-GO-HUMPS. GoCamels.com or 1877-GO-HUMPS as just uh, two more home games remaining as Campbell back at home, three straight weekends home against Robert Morris coming up uh, this Saturday at 1. Jacob Cuddington. It's a name that you should be familiar with from 2015 to 2019. He was an all-conference performer on the O-line, also an all-academic performer as well. He was able to see this program go for the Pioneer Football League to the Big South. And, and Cuddy, we'll, we'll start with that. With seeing how this program has grown, can you really put into words how, how different this program is since you came in in 2015? Oh, man, it's like night and day. It just the professionalism of the guys now is just so different. Um, you know, not saying we were a, a bad program, but everybody just, you know, knows what we want to accomplish now. The, the vision is clear. Everybody's bought into the vision. Um, and everybody is ready to go accomplish what we need to accomplish. Tell me about your coaching journey. You with Campbell, of course, you, you end your career, then you're a grad assistant. And then after that, a volunteer coach here, all of those things, you, you get paid as little as it sounds when I'm, when I'm reading that <laughs> off. You, you truly have to do it for the love. What makes you, who are obviously a smart guy with his degree, what makes you want to go in to the coaching ranks? Um, to begin with, I didn't know that I did. Um, it started out, you know, I, I didn't really want to go get a job yet. <laughs> That's kind of how it started, man. Coach Mint. Uh, gave me the opportunity to just stay on as a student assistant, you know, kind of help out uh, the O-line coach at the time and just see how I liked it. And honestly, I fell in love with it. And he let me stay on, gave me a grad assistant position with the offense, worked with the tight ends and the O-line, and it just kind of blossomed from there. Kind of just fell in love with the coaching world. How, how hard was it at first because you go from a player, one of the guys, uh, a starter on this team for many years, to a guy that has a little bit of authority? It's a little different when you're a grad assistant, but, but how, was, how was that transition? That would be a little tough. Uh, to begin with, it was, yeah, just to, you know, have the respect of the guys, but it, it kind of came pretty quick. Um, they, they understood who I was as a player, and that, you know, that kind of transitioned pretty well. I was, you know, being a team captain, I already had, you know, the respect of most of the guys as a leader, and they kind of, honestly, they helped that transition more than anything. They were, were very good with that transition. Coach, what made you look at this former player of yours who was pretty darn good on and off the field and, and make you say, hey, the, 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 this guy has what it takes to be a coach? Well, when we was looking at it, um, Cuddy, again, was really coaching already. He was a player coach and, you know, really got all the offensive linemen in, in line on what we wanted to do every single week. He would meet with them. He, he would um, stay after practice with them and um, really led them guys to play better. And, and so you know it's in him. If, if, if you're coaching as a player, um, you could definitely do it when you're doing it full time. And the leadership, 
he, he, he was a great leader for the organization. So not only just the offensive line, not only just for the offense, but for the whole organization. And everybody respected how he came to work every single day. So I knew he had it in him. And, and of course, he's intelligent. So he's going to be able to pick up things quickly and then put it in his own uh, vocabulary to then, you know, disseminate it to his players. And that's really what it's all about. So it was easy. As soon as he said, I want to do this student athlete, uh, come on, student assistant, <laughs> come on. I, I know you're going to fall in love with it. Um, and, and he just did a great job, man. He, it, it just, it was natural. It was like riding a bike, and you saw him in his element. And so from that point on, you knew he was going to be good. So when the tight end job came open, I didn't hesitate. I already knew who was going to take that job because really the tight ends coach is just an extension of the O-line coach. And that's really where he's going to be at the end of the day. He's going to be one of the best O-line coaches in, in the um, business. He is our tight end coach now, and, and he has a great stable. Of course, Julian Hill gets a lot of, of, of headlines. But, but Cuddy, I want you to go through your, your tight end room and brag on your guys. Tell me a little bit about these, these really hardworking guys that, again, some of them have been moved from different positions, but they're really, they're, they're really blossoming under your tutelage. Yep, uh, you know, everybody knows Julian, but uh, right behind him is Matt Hampton. He's, he's in the building tonight. Hampton, why don't you go ahead and stand up? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There he is. Yeah. Matt Hampton, everybody. Also a great follow on social media. Matt, too nice. <laughs> <laughs> no, but Matt, I, rem I remember when Matt came in, I was still playing. He came in as a quarterback. Matt can't throw. <laughs> 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 so he, he made the transition to receiver um, and was really killing our starting defense on the scout team. Absolutely killing them. Um, and then I believe it was two years ago, uh, he made the switch to the tight end room. Uh, didn't really get a chance in his first year. And then this spring, we had quite a few injuries in the room. Julian, you know, had an injury. And Hamp had to take all the reps this spring. And I, I want to commend him on that. He, he took it and he ran with it. And he got a whole lot better. He, he learned how to block. He learned it, Matt could not block to save his life to begin <laughs> <laughs> when we started in the spring. But he, he understands his role, and he knows that when Julian gets tired, he's got to come in the game, and he's got to do the same things that Julian does, and that's what we expect out of him. And he does it at a high level. Um, so I, I commend Matt on that. Um, we've got, uh, we got a kid that transferred from Virginia Tech, Jared Gibble. Um, he's come in, and he's done a fine job for us. He, he's very young, very raw. Um, he's got a lot of learning to do. Um, on and off the field, and we're going to continue working with him and letting him grow in his role. Um, and we, we talked about Alex Santiago earlier. Uh, he, he switched over during camp. Uh, that was a, a nice surprise. You know, we were looking for a guy, you know, we could throw into our heavy packages really as a fullback, and um, he, he's embraced that role. He's been a great guy for the room. He was already a great guy for the team. Yeah in the locker room, you know, great special teams guy, walk on. Um, but he, he's come in, really embraced his role. Still wants me to throw him a deep pass. That's not coming. <laughs> it's not coming. But uh, he, great addition to our tight end room. You have a pretty good relationship with these guys, and it's a fun room. Just the, the guys that you mentioned are tight ends. They're, 
some of the biggest personalities on, on the on the team, let alone. What is that like when you have such vocal leaders in in your room? Man, you you chuckle. Sometimes it might be a little too much, huh? <laughs> these guys are clowns. Man, they, <laughs> they, <laughs> they love to have fun, and they. But the, but the thing about them is they, they know how to have fun and they know when to have fun. Yeah. They, they know when it's time to work and they get serious real quick and they, they're able to keep everybody else in line. And that, that's one thing I challenge them with is, you know, more of a veteran group on the offense, you guys kind of have to lead by example mm -hmm. and really challenge the rest of the guys to lock in every day. Robert Morris is the opponent coming up this weekend. It is a Big South Conference game. Robert Morris, a football-only member of the Big South. Coach Minter, what can you tell us about the Colonials? Well, um, Chris, um, you know, they I think they're 0-5 right now and really have struggled on offense. I, I think, um, you know, their quarterback situation is, is not stable, and, and it really causes a lot of trouble for their offense. So their offense is, has been very weak, but their defense have kept them in game. Yeah. And they have been really playing good on defense. And, and so we, we're going to have to be able to um, come in and, and try to uh, establish the game early, right? Um, we, we always talk about the fast start, and, and, and we want to be able to – have a great start um, in the game from the offensive standpoint and then from the defensive standpoint. We cannot give them life on offense. Um, they, they've been struggling. Let's keep them struggling. And that's going to be very important uh, for our defense to step up. And it, it's going to be a challenge for them because sometimes uh, my guys on defense get bored with the process of, of dominating and give up something big and then all of a sudden they get life. We cannot give them life on offense. And, and so that's the challenge right now this week for, for the defense is to dominate the whole game, play 60 minutes of dominating defense. And, um, you know, we've got to play fast. Um, and, you know, but, but, again, at the end of the day, Chris, everybody who making plays is on their defense. <laughs> and, and so our offense has a challenge. And that's really good because our offense is one of the um, bright spots of our football team, and, and they got to deal with Haas Malik Williams, and that's going to be tough uh, because we're going to spread you out. We're going to go tempo, um, and we're going to press the, the issue. We've got big offensive linemen, so you got to put people in there for the box, for the run, and, you know, then you got to hold up outside, and, and that's, that's a tall task. And, but, but, you know, it's all about us, Chris. To be honest with you, we, we are focused on how can Campbell get better this week, okay? And um, we, we didn't get to 18. Remember I talked about 18 miles per yep. hour playing at that speed. We got at 17.93. So it, it was close, but it, but it wasn't um, there. The other thing is, Chris, and I really want to touch on this, is, is playing smart. We got to play smart as a football team. This is a challenge for us. Uh, we can't have 10 penalties. That, that's, that's not smart football. Um, and that's what kept Charleston Southern in the game. If you play fast like we did and you play smart, that game is not even close. And I, I'm trying to get my guys to understand you got to play smart football. And guess what? All the penalties that we had, like two in the first half, eight in the second half, 
Why in the second half? Because you start to lose interest. Your, your mental focus start to go down in the third quarter and beginning of the fourth quarter, right? And that's what we got to get better at as a football team to keep that mental conditioning going and that mental intensity going throughout the whole game. And we cannot come out of, you know, the locker room not focused and ready to go. It's like our guys don't know how to do halftime. They think halftime means you turn it off and you, you hope you're going to turn it on when you go back on the football field. It doesn't work that way. You got to keep that mental intensity going at halftime. That's what we got to learn this week. This week, Campbell takes on Robert Morris. Believe it or not, folks, just five home games, and this is number four coming up. So come and see the guys. You won't get another chance for another month way in November. Campbell uh, taking on Robert Morris, 1 o'clock coming up. Uh, for tickets, go camels.com, 1877-GO-HUMS. Coming up in our final segment of the show, we'll have our head track and field and cross-country coach Virgil Gibbons. But coming up after the break, we're going to give him a chance for a rebuttal. We'll, we'll have tight ends Matt Hampton and Alex Santiago up here to, uh, to, to say hello to all, all the crowd. Coach Cuttington might be in trouble here. He didn't know this was going to happen. So they'll have our two tight ends on our next segment. Uh, stick around for Coach Gibbons coming up in our final segment. Thank you for listening. This is Camel Call Live from the County Seat Sports Grill in downtown Lillington. Step into a quality home you'll value for a lifetime. Perfect for your family at every stage. Mattamy Homes focuses on what you value most with different designs, styles, and finishes crafted to work within your budget. That's why we're ranked first in quality, value, and customer satisfaction. But we don't just build homes. We create communities with instant appeal and enduring value. See what we're building around Raleigh, places you'll be proud to call home. Visit mattamyhomes.com and see for yourself. Since 2019, the Fighting Camel Club has funded championship-level facility projects such as the Eeks Athletics Complex renovation for Camel Soccer and a new strength and conditioning space inside Gore Arena. This fall, your Fighting Camel Club donations will fund a new sports medicine facility, a new locker room for women's basketball, and a new digital media lab for athletes to work on their personal brands. Providing championship resources for Camel student-athletes, that's the mission of the Fighting Camel Club. For more information, go to GoCamels.com and click on the Give button. Planning a tailgate? Then it's bow time. Bojangles has everything you need for the perfect tailgate, no matter how many fans you're trying to feed. There's the original tailgate, the super tailgate, and for a really big crowd, the jumbo tailgate special. And if you like your chicken off the bone, choose the Supreme's tailgate special that includes 12 perfectly seasoned tenderloin fillets. So grab the tickets, get that Bojangles tailgate special, and go. It's bow time. Welcome back. We are in downtown Lillington. This is the county seat, your place for great food, great drinks, a great view of the game, and every Monday, Camel Call Live from 6.30 to 7.30. Coming up in our final segment, we will hear from the man that brought the first ever conference championship in track and field to Campbell. Virgil Gibbons will be our guest to talk a little track, to talk a little cross country, but we have right now with us two of the talented tight ends from the tight end room, Matt Hampton and Alex Santiago. Matt, we will start with you. Not only are you a great leader, a vocal guy on this football team, you are 
at every single home event as well. You're a student, you're an athlete. I don't know how you do it with football practice, but, but, but talk about your dedication to Campbell Athletics as a whole. Uh, that's easy for me. I'm just trying to be fan of the year. Like, <laughs> you know, that's, that's the main goal. Everybody out there competing hard, and I'm just trying to make sure that. I, I, w- I was going to bring that up. That, that, that's a for fun, you know, category that we have. Mm-hmm. You were not happy that you were not one of the nominees for uh, Fan of the Year. And as you know, I host the Cammies. I have nothing to do with nominations or winners. You, yeah. you, you do know that, right? Yes, yes, Okay, yes. okay. Yeah, I wasn't very happy about that. Uh, me and Jaden, um, at every event, uh, yeah. you know, we're the loudest people in the crowd, and we're just trying to, you know, bring the excitement to the game. You yeah. know, everybody wants to be heard, so we're just trying to And, and that's not an easy thing. We, we joke about it a little bit, and you were joking about it, but – but you have to be at practice a lot. You have to be at games a lot. Yes. In the offseason, you have to be a lot. Why is it important for you to find time to, to support your other fellow student-athletes? Because they find time to support us, you know. Uh, as a football team, you know, there's a lot of us. Um, and, you know, you can't be selfish. you got to be able to show face to everybody so everybody will come and support you. So that's the biggest thing, coming to support them. Alex Santiago is with us to us left. And, and Alex, we called your name a lot on special teams. Of course, uh, that run back for a touchdown at Gardner-Webb, that'll go down as one of the craziest and greatest plays all time in Campbell football history. But then you're making tackles and you're blocking punts and you're doing it. Talk about your special teams play and, and, and what that means to this team. Well, ever since I came in, uh, my freshman year as a walk-on, it was all about, you know, finding my role on the team. Um, I knew right away that there wasn't going to be a lot of opportunity, um, so I, but I wanted to get on, my f- on the field, um, and special teams was the way to do that. Uh, Coach Williams has done a great job uh, coaching us all up, especially, you know, since we were young. Um, and, you know, embracing that role, special teams is all effort, um, and as long as you're putting in that effort, putting in that time, putting in the work, you will be successful. Um, it, all the crazy plays, they, they happen, but it, they don't happen without a reason. You know, we, we put plenty of time in, um, a lot of extra work off the field um, and on the field. Uh, all of it goes into it, but it's really just an effort thing. So. You were on the defense side of things, and then you came over to tight end, but we've seen you in there in those big packages as a fullback. So talk about you basically learned two positions in the last two months. What has that been like? That's been crazy. Um, it was the second day of – I think it was the first day of fall camp that night. Uh, I get word from uh, Coach Cud and Coach Harris that I'm, I'm moving to tight end. And I, I was excited, very nervous, because uh, I had to learn a whole new playbook. Um, I'm still fuzzy on still a few things. Uh, obviously, I haven't gotten the, the passing attention that I, I want. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm, I've definitely embraced my role uh, as a full by, fullback uh, lead blocker kind of thing. Uh, I'm loving it. It's a great, great time to be on the field. Uh, whenever I'm in, it's usually low red zone, uh, and we're just pounded it in the end zone. So it's a great feeling to be out there and celebrating with the team. Uh, finally, Matt Hampton, talk about your head coach, Jacob Cuddington. Now is your chance to talk about Coach Cud. Man, what can I say about him? Uh, great guy. Um, I actually played with him, like he said. Uh, totally different guy playing. A totally different guy playing. Uh, <laughs> but he was a leader. He was vocal. Um, I give him all of that. And he brings the energy every day. Every day he's bringing energy that we need. Um, so if we're not feeling it, he's got it, you know, and vice versa. So 
it's really special having him as our coach right now. Like it's for him, I'm I'm happy for him and he's excelling at his job. Matt Hampton, tight end, early nominee for fan of the year. Give us your handles so we can help support you like you support everybody. You know, uh Matt too nice. Um that's my handle on everything. You know the vibes. Like <laughs> that's what it is. Matt Hampton, fan of the year. Mark it down, folks. Again, I have absolutely nothing to do with nominations or winners, but I do have stuff to do with who comes on this show. And coming up next, one of the best, he is head coach of our track and field and cross-country team, Coach Givens, coming up after the break. This is Camel Call Live from the County Seat Sports Grill in downtown Lillington. We're no etiquette experts, but biting into your McDonald's crispy chicken sandwich and ending up with a whole pickle slice dangling from your mouth isn't impolite. It's human. Ba -ba -ba -ba. Hi, Campbell fans. I'm Christy Yarbrough with Remax United. Thinking about buying or selling or know someone who is? Let me help you make the right moves. It's important to work with the right agent with local knowledge and cutting-edge experience. I can help ease the pains of the buying or selling process by guiding you through the steps. Whether it's connecting you with the right lender, home inspector, handyman for those undone projects, staging and prepping your home for sale, or helping you find the ideal home that fits your family's needs. Visit my website for more information at christyy.remaxagent.com. Go Camels! Step into a quality home you'll value for a lifetime. Perfect for your family at every stage. Mattamy Homes focuses on what you value most with different designs, styles, and finishes crafted to work within your budget. That's why we're ranked first in quality, value, and customer satisfaction. But we don't just build homes. We create communities with instant appeal and enduring value. See what we're building around Raleigh, places you'll be proud to call home. Visit mattamyhomes.com and see for yourself. Sure, McDonald's breakfast is good. But getting that McDonald's breakfast two minutes before it stops being served, that tastes even better. Welcome back to the county seat in downtown Lillington. This is Camel Call Live. This Friday, our cross-country team, they'll travel to High Point for the Vert Cross. And then on October 29th, the Camels travel to Longwood for the Big South Conference Championships. Yeah, folks, it is that time again, championship time. The Camels will travel to Longwood University for the Big South Championships for both the men and the women. The head coach of the men's track and field team, the women's track and field team, the men's cross country team, the women's cross country team. He is all those things, and he is Coach Virgil Givens. In his first year as the head coach for Campbell track and field and cross country, he brought home Campbell's first ever track championship as the men won the Big South indoor title uh, just a few months ago in 2022. Um, I always love talking with you about that historic. Campbell has had a very good track and field team over the years, but but you stepped in, were an assistant for a couple years, thrown into head coaching, and you brought home that indoor title. And it's still something that, that really resonates with you and the team, doesn't it? It does, it does, it does. 
It is something that I know we have talked about this before. What does that do to a program carrying it into this this season? It really gives the, the kids an opportunity to see exactly what happens when they lock in. And so um, coming into this year, you see the kids uh, a lot more focused. Um, there's a lot more attention to detail in regards to everything it is that we're doing. Um, and they're more hungry than ever because they want to do it again. Coach, we talked about how the cross-country season is, no pun intended, it's, it's a sprint. You guys get here on campus, it seems like school starts, and then you're, you're, you're going to your first, first meets, and then all of a sudden, oh, yeah, you were the first one to be awarded a trophy uh, it, in the entire conference. When it comes to the cross-country season, what are these two months like? You know, at the beginning, it's, it's really about kind of seeing where the kids are, um, how, the, how did their training go during the summer. Um, and then from there, it's really, really a rush of trying to make sure we're starting to build in the workouts to then start adding the speed. Um, and right now is, to me, the most exciting time because now the kids have had a couple of weeks of workouts, right? So we're really, really wanting to see the progression uh, this weekend, we're wanting to see the progress that we feel as though we've been seeing in the workouts at, at practice. Now this weekend really gives us that opportunity to see like where we're at and then following up with the conference championship. It's right about the time that um, we really get to see the kids run fast. How much of it is managing their load, getting them better, but at the same time getting them to peak at, at this time of year, what does that take? And it's not only with cross country, it's, it's really with all your track and field athletes. Correct, correct, correct. Um, it, uh, that's the biggest part of our job is managing the load, right? Managing the load and knowing when and when not to drop it off. And um, with us for having different athletes at different points, um, like uh, for example, we have a Dorcas that we're trying to kind of sneak into nationals, right? So we can't, we can't peak her right now we have to continue she's still kind of going up and she's just really starting to get into the workouts well, we have some other kids that are, are the conference meet is going to be their big meet and so we're in the process of about to drop their load and speed them up even more to kind of get them to peak so um, that is the big part of our job. You, you have to be <laughs> like a chemist it, it's not as much X's and O's obviously but it's really a mix. How do you keep track of it all for how many athletes do you have now? Um, so we have 62 on the team. <laughs> 62. <laughs> um, uh, it, it, it's the experience. Yeah. Right? It's experience. It's knowing the kids. It's understanding where we're trying to get them, knowing where they're coming from and where we're trying to get them, right? So um, it does take a lot of talking and a lot of writing down. And, um, but, you know, it, 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 it kind of comes second nature to you once you're into it for a couple of years of understanding, all right, cool, like we have this athlete here, all right, we're trying to get them here, all right, so what do we do to get them there, right? Um, and then we create a plan for everyone, but then we have different things of, for each individual athlete of what we need to do for that particular athlete. So um, it's some days everyone does the same thing, and then there's other days everyone has a different workout. Evan Darm has been a big addition to, to your staff. Of course, he was a student athlete here, he was a volunteer assistant. I think he was a grad assistant. He has been in and out. He's had a hand in, in what was five straight cross-country championships for your men's team. How great is it having, having him back, uh, uh, Campbell, along? Man, it's a, it's a breath of fresh air, right? Um, 
Evan is hungry. Evan is intelligent. Evan understands uh, cross. He understands the athlete. And so right now, Evan is, you know, the reason why Evan's not here is because he's out recruiting. Yep. Um, he's really, really determined to turn this thing around and to help us get back to that championship caliber um, team that we were in the past and that we feel as though we still can achieve. Um, and so just seeing Evan come in and, and, and really, really start to get to work and, and grind with everyone, um, it, it, it really is a, fresh, a breath of fresh air. Tell us about the men's team, of course, uh, Athanas Kiyoko, one of the all-time greats, uh, not only in Campbell, but, but, but in the Big South. He was an All-American year after year, of course. Uh, he didn't have any eligibility left, unfortunately, <laughs> but, but, but you have a good, solid squad of guys that have been here. Yes, 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 yes. Um, so the men's team right now, where we're, Athanas was such a phenomenal athlete, right? Like he's, Athanas is one of a kind. Um, I think any NCAA team would have loved to have an Athanas. Um, and so to now have a team of guys that's, that, you know, don't have that talent, but now we're really, really building a team from the standpoint of everyone's not looking up to Athanas. Now they're looking at each other of, hey, guys, we have to do this thing together. And so um, we have, like, you know, a guy like Pace Clark that's really, really stepping up from a leadership role, um, and he's really putting together some workouts. Um, we have like Derek McNeil that has all the talent in the world. And so we're trying to see how that, what we've been doing on a daily basis, if it can all come together um, for us on, um, I think it's October 28th at, at Longwood. So yeah. really, really excited for that. Yeah, uh, we'll talk about Pace Clark a little bit. Number one, with the name like Pace, you have to be a runner, man, right? Man, right? look, man, he, <laughs> not only does he have the name, but he has the look. That yeah, he's <laughs> and, and and his his father a, a Campbell alum as well. I like Campbell's in the blood. Yes, and you know I'll you know shout out to his father. His father comes and supports us on a consistent yep. basis. Um, I don't think I've never not seen him at a meet. Um, and so you know um, we really appreciate that. And we and and, and again <laughs> just to continue to see Pace grow um, these last four years just just it puts a smile on my face, man. Over on the women's side, you, you do have an Athanas-type star in uh, Dorcas Ewoy. She has gotten better and better and better every year. She was at the uh, NCAA championships last year. Tell me about her and your women's squad. So, you know, it's interesting. Um, Dorcas is an athlete that is a distance runner that never really got into the cross side. Um, and now she's really, really getting into the cross side, and we're kind of seeing her blossom. Um, she's embracing what Coach Darm is, is giving her in regards to workouts, um, and you really, really are starting to see her talent come through. And that's why we're so excited to see if we can really, really sneak her into nationals um, because people haven't seen her from the cross side. They were only seeing her from the track side and what she was doing in the 800. But now that she's really, really got this bug of success because of last year, um, we, we think we have a shot. And so we're, we're trying to put her in position to be um, our next Athanas, but on the female side, right? Uh, again, in the lab, <laughs> being a chemist. And, and all this is, it's so much work. It's early in the morning. Yes. Tell me about when Cross Country does their thing, because I don't think a lot of people know this. So, um, well, the, I guess I would say the cool thing for everyone is we really did just transition to afternoon workouts. Okay. Um, really just last <laughs> week, right? Um, but before then, for the most part, our workouts are either at 645 or at 715 in the morning. 
And so um, we get up bright and early um, because we don't want to deal with the heat and the sun. And um, we, don't, we want the kids' bodies to be as optimal as possible, even though they're, they're, they're sleepy. Um, it's a lot better than dealing with the heat in the afternoon. Um, and so that's when we get a chance to do our workouts. And it's not just that they have to be up. Like you get up, you get ready for work, you have your cup of coffee. They have to be ready to run at a Division One cross-country level. Correct. It's incredible what these student-athletes can do. Yes, man, it is. It is. And, and, and the fact that with all the things that they have going on, that they're getting up at this time and that they're challenging themselves, right? They're challenging themselves on the track, and then they go to class, and they challenge themselves in the classroom. Um, and then two days a week, they're finishing the day off at weights. So they start with track and they end with weights. School is in between and school is after. Um, it is a phenomenal feat to see exactly what these kids are doing, on, not just this part of the year, but on a consistent basis. We talked about earlier how, how everything comes together, the 28th and the 29th, the end of this month, they will race for a Big South Conference title. And then you go right into indoor. There's not too much, maybe a month or so before your first uh, indoor meet. How is the team been training for that? And, and how do you get ready to shift gears into competition all of a sudden? So I'll tell you, um, the team this year, I think, is more focused than I've ever seen. And uh, it's, 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 I think it's a lot to do with what we accomplished last year. Um, and we, we, we were able to bring in some kids that, are able to put us, uh, give us a chance to be put over the top from a national perspective. And so um, we're really, really looking forward to indoor, but we're not trying to look past what we're doing across, um, but we are looking forward to indoor. When the indoor season starts, then you roll right into the outdoor season. What is that transition like? Because a, a lot of people don't realize, you know, for the, for the field events, it's the same in a way. But, but for your track events, it's, it's a different deal. How, how do you manage that as well? <laughs> the biggest thing is we really just get out and compete. We don't really have much time to do anything else, right? So um, the workouts do get longer, right, from indoor to outdoor. But for the most part, it's, it's, we have to do everything now because once we get in the season, we're competing. If not every week, we're competing every other week. And then the transition from indoor to outdoor is really a two-week period before, you know, nationals is typically the second week of March. And um, we typically have our first week, either the third week of March or the fourth week of March. So um, it's not much training. Our, our time to train is now and to build that base and that foundation. And then from there, we're really just trying to manage um, all the different athletes and, w and where we're trying to get them. We've talked a lot about cross country and, and Evan Darm, who is one of your assistants, but with over 60 athletes, it, it really takes a village to make this championship yes. winning program. Brag on some of your other assistants for me, please. Um, so I'll, I'll definitely start with uh, Coach Bobby Hostler. Um, I think Coach Bobby Hostler is over our pole vault and he's over a high jump. We say he's over vertical jumps. Um, last year, he got um, C.J. McBride to 7-2. Um, I think C.J. was uh, like top six in the East Coast. Yeah. Um, and then um, Lakeland, he, t he took Lakeland Bass um, right, right outside of making regionals. So um, he's done that, and I think w the kids that he's brought in, um, I think we're doing a really, really good job, and he, I'm really, really excited to see what he's doing. Um, we have Shannon Ennis. Shannon Ennis is our throws coach. Uh, she was she had some young kids, but she also had some older kids and 
she was newer to Campbell as well. So she's really, really starting to get her system going. And the kids are hitting the weight room hard. Um, and I think the kids, we're really going to start to see those kids perform. They really, really came through for us last year outdoor um, where, man, they lit the place up. And so um, I think what Shannon Ennis is doing is, is phenomenal. Um, we also have Myra Hawkins, which is new, right? She, she came in the same time as Evan, um, and she's over our horizontal jumps. Um, she has some jumpers that, you know, um, gentlemen that have been top in the nation, and she also has one of her females, or probably two females that we really think we're expecting some big things from. So um, this staff, um, what we have going on, I, I'm, I'm blessed to have these, these coaches by my side and ready to go to war the way they are on a, on a regular basis. He is Campbell's head track and field coach, cross country coach, Virgil Gibbons. Coach, you have been a part of this program. You were as an assistant before you were a head coach, so you really have been responsible for building this program into a power that wins trophies. When you are on the recruiting trail, what are you saying to these future student athletes? How are you getting them to come to Campbell and join your program? I think well, our biggest recruiting pitch nowadays is really the relationship and the family um, experience that you get here at Campbell. Uh, Campbell is, 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 is like none other. Um, you, you come to Campbell and everyone is a Campbell Campbell, right? Um, everyone is wanting to cheer for you and to root for you. And to show the kids that and to show them the family feel that we have here, um, once, we, once we get them here and show them that, uh, typically that's really that plus our relationships and what we're doing from results is really how we're starting to get some really, really good recruits in. I know you've been a part of it, but uh, we're just coming off homecoming weekend. What, what a lot of people don't realize, okay, there's a lot of events and sports going on, but it's usually a big recruiting weekend yes, uh, as, yes. as well for that and everyone. Tell me about what homecoming weekend is like for you and, and what it's like for those that maybe don't know how Bowie's Creek is during homecoming. So um, this year for us, we, we, <laughs> uh, we, I don't know if we did too much, but we did a lot. Um, <laughs> we had a slew of recruits that came in for us. Um, and we also had a cookout, right? So um, we wanted to, one, bring the recruits into this fantastic event of homecoming and, and watch our football team and get the experience of really, really seeing some alumni plus some current students for Campbell. Um, and then we wanted to throw in a, um, a, a cookout to bring some family and friends of the athletes all together at one time. Um, so, you know, uh, our, our staff or my staff kind of ran around like, uh, chickens with our head cut off, but um, <laughs> it was it was a fantastic time. I think we we were able to get across what we were trying to get across in regards to we're really really trying to build this family, um, and and we're going to support everyone here, right? So seeing the football team get that big win to beat Charleston Southern for the first time in school history um, was a fantastic feat. And then with us bringing the recruits in for the recruits to see our excitement of us beating Charleston Southern and what our football team is doing and what we're doing as an athletic department as a whole, um, I think put a really, really good feeling in our kids. Um, we saw some posts from some of our recruits saying they didn't even want to go home. <laughs> so um, it seems like we, we, we did our job. A mission accomplished. He never is in off-season. He is Virgil Givens, the head coach of our men's and women's track and field and cross-country team, and his men and women at the end of this month will be running for another Big South title. For Coach Givens, Coach Cuttington, and Coach Mike Minner, I'm Chris Amire saying so long. Campbell football taking on 
Robert Morris this Saturday at 1. GoCamels.com, 1-877-GO-HUMPS for tickets. Until next week, we'll be back at the county seat next Monday at 6.30. Thank you for tuning in. This has been Camel Call Live from the county seat in downtown Lillington. Good night, everybody.